My name is Peter Brownlee, and I'm the executive director of something called the Digital Library Federation. Um, DLF is a member organization of large research libraries, um, along with the Library of Congress, National Archives, um, the British Library, Oxford, and we also have some ally members, such as um, ICPSR, JISC, and a few others. So I just want to um, use this brief time to try to talk about some of the challenges that video poses for digital libraries. Um, and in essence, this is really a dialogue for me with the larger community as I struggle to figure out the role of video in the realm of digital <coughs> library production and distribution and engagement. So my thoughts here are extremely preliminary um, and they're really meant to spark uh, much longer term conversations. I actually want to um, very briefly show, if I can, this nice little video uh, that some of you may have seen, um, but I just want to proselytize it briefly. Um, this is from uh, Stanford, and it's called A Fairy Use Tale, and it's a mashup of uh, excerpts of, of Disney uh, films uh, designed to educate people about what fair use is. Uh, I won't let this run through uh, to completion, um, but if you haven't seen it, I just want to introduce it to you very briefly. If you can read the uh, FBI warning, it's also a joke. Allow citizens to reproduce, distribute, or exhibit portions of copyrighted motion pictures. Right. Owner. Just the. Right. To. Use. There. Work. It's mine. <laughs> How can that be? That's not fair. It's forbidden. To. Use. Copy. Right. Work. Without. Permission granted. By the. Copy. Right. Owner. And. And. Anybody who's foolish enough to threaten our. Copy. Right has broken the law. Aren't we forgetting one teensy-weensy but ever so crucial little tiny detail? You'd better be able to pay for that. Copy, right? Permission. We haven't discussed the subject of payment. You can't get something for nothing, you know. But I don't have I'm it. not asking much. Just a token, really a trifle. Hold on. Back up. Are you saying this is about... 
money. I'm sorry, sir. I don't have any money. It's extortionary. I prefer the term capitalist. Hear that sound? It's the sound of your freedom fluttering out the window. Okay, I'll stop it there. So I encourage you to see the rest of this video because it continues in the same theme. Um, so it's the Center for New Media at Stanford. Um, if you do a search for fair use tale, then you'll be able to find it. Uh, I think it's, like many of these things, quite viral right now on the net, so I expect it will be a very widely uh, distributed video. And, and we'll distribute the URL to the community here. So anyway, I want to get back on the talk and, and stream through the rest of my slides. Um, you know, with as, as the world changes, I struggle a lot, as do many of my colleagues, with trying to redefine what does a library actually do? Because historically, what we've done is we've bought books and then we've distributed them. And so we have to sort of rethink our mission and how we engage our community. My friend um, in the publishing industry, um, Mike Shatskin, um, has penned this in the context of actually of changes in publishing of what value is a repository of printed content in a world where everything is discovered and available through the computer? The answer is not nearly as much as it is today, as, as today, and not a fraction of what it was 20 years ago. So when I think about video, I think about the challenges that libraries have beginning to even put their heads around what it means to work with new media. This is a picture of a marvelous, beautiful new library at Berkeley. Uh, where I have my office. It's their new music library. And even this I find an interesting concept in a digital age. What exactly is a music library um, in, an, in an era of iTunes? I mean, obviously there are CDs that people can listen to, but part of the um, genesis of any music library is actually to have text about music. But when you go into the music library, you see not that really many books on music, actually. Um, this library has an amazing amount of underutilized space. And, and I think it was built at a time of transition. And it's one of the first libraries I've seen that I think, unfortunately, captures that transition um, in its physical space utilization. Because they're not going to be able to fill the space easily with books on music. Um, and I think the way that they anticipated, nor will the space consumption um, be um, utilized by physical media. So libraries have been all about physical things. We've had the books, music has been records or CDs, and video has been tape or DVDs. And we've rented these things out to people to see at stations, and then they've consumed them and brought them back, and, and then we do that again. It's a very obviously non-digital way of distributing information. So libraries, in essence, have been offline, not on the network despite the fact that we can find things in the library on the network, really a lot of the use of libraries has been <laughs> offline in a really profound way. The attitude of libraries has basically been, we've got a lot of really interesting content that we've either purchased or licensed to make available to our community. Please come and use it. It's a very passive definition of what a library is. It's assuming that users can find information that's associated with the library and then come to the library, usually physically, in order to utilize that content. But as Peter has said, obviously the world has changed significantly and people can now build and create 
their own content, their own video, their own audio, and their own text. They make their own media in a way that I think librarians just have not fully understood yet. I don't think that there's a sense or an understanding of the shift in production styles. This is a um, uh, sticky uh, on a post outside of Berkeley, Make Media, Make Trouble, at the uh, independentmedia.org site um, from San Francisco. So, you know, this attitude of, um, and this ability of making media, I think really, obviously, is a portent of a revolution that spells trouble for libraries in, in, a, in an interesting and challenging way. What's a library to do in this kind of environment where the ability to produce content has been democratized, the ability to access content is assumed also to be widely distributed and very democratized as well. So one thing that libraries have done is they've become cafes and they serve coffee and tea and cookies and muffins. Um, I love this shot. This is actually um, at one of the Berkeley libraries, a free speech movement cafe at Berkeley, and uh, you'll see the video screen on the background, and everybody has their laptop open um, with their notes spread. And you know, I think also another really interesting thing about this shot is that you see people working together um, in a very collaborative fashion. You know, this is um, much less, even if they've got their laptops propped up, you know, head to head. You know, they're talking over them. This is not the uh, solitary person reading the thick tome in the corner of the library model that um, I think, you know, I grew up with anyway. But, you know, these new media have challenges because they're ephemeral. Music is sound, video is movement, neither is a thing in the way that a printed book was a thing that could be held and distributed and cataloged and circulated. So the question for me is, how can a library be an active participant in this engagement? How does a library go about making things from the content that it has and from the content that it can access through the contributions of its own membership, its own community, students, faculty, staff, and the broader use community that libraries serve? Because video shouldn't obviously be passively consumed. Video, I strongly believe, can teach in a way that text never can. Video enlivens conversation and enlivens education in really critical and important ways that I think libraries and research universities must grapple with. I fundamentally believe that libraries should deeply engage in understanding how to utilize video resources to provide educational enrichment for students, for faculty, in ways that have never been explored before. This is obviously a picture of a surveillance camera um, parked outside of the UC Berkeley Mathematics Library uh, on the bottom floor of the building where I work. Uh, obviously, this is not quite the same kind of video experience that um, I'm suggesting libraries explore um, with their user community. So video is didactic. Video in our new world of being able to produce content easily is an exchange. 
It's not just a consumption. And again, I think this is an area where libraries have not really been able to understand fully the revolution that's taken place here. Because there's a conversation, and libraries need to be part of that conversation, universities need to be part of that conversation with their students. It's not a one-way street. We need to really understand that there's a conversation going back and forth between our faculty, our students, and the institution itself. Libraries, I think, can tell incredible stories with the resources that are available to them. Libraries are full of staff who have incredible intuition about content, about data description, about how to utilize information. And really, that, that expertise is going, to some extent, wasted in video and audio. So I think a new library is about partnering in a much deeper way than we've done before with scholars and information technologists and people who are engaging themselves in the creation of media to build new ways of getting information available to our community and available for reuse. So that's a library that's on the network in a way that we haven't been before, not offline in the sense of find the stuff and then come to us, but engaged, delivering, distributing, making content available. We're half of the way there in some ways. Libraries have and are preserving a tremendous amount of highly valued video resources, tremendously wonderful stuff, and beginning to explore with making this content available for annotation and for consumption and reuse by faculty. But we need to struggle more with understanding how to make it available. And libraries desperately need partners from the outside community to advise us on how to go about utilizing this information and making it available for broader consumption. And that would be you, I hope. Thank you very much. <laughs>